Good evening. My name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta, and I'll be your host for tonight's Telephone Town Hall. Tonight I am joined by Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services, Mike Ellis. Colin Blair, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire. Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Commanding Officer of Alberta, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Sablocki of the RCMP, and Shane Hussey with Alberta Health Services. In addition, I'm supported tonight by colleagues from many departments in the government of Alberta, including Health, Municipal Affairs, Indigenous Relations, Seniors, Community and Social Services, Education, Mental Health and Addiction, Agriculture and Irrigation, Jobs, Economy and Northern Development, and Environment and Protected Areas. Before we hear from our speaker, let me explain by how this town hall will work. Right now, Albertans whose communities have been affected by the wildfires are connecting to the call and will soon have a chance to answer your questions. You can get in line to ask a question right now or anytime during the call by pressing star three and an operator will ask for your name and your community. We ask that you try to keep your questions brief because there are many people on the call tonight. I will be reading the questions out loud in order to ensure our speakers can address as many questions as possible. Now, before I welcome Minister Ellis to say a few words, I will just take a moment to remind you where you can find important information. To learn about the supports for evacuees and the wildfire status, we encourage you to visit alberta.ca slash emergency or dial 310-4455. As well, if you or someone in your community are seeking mental health support, we encourage you to dial 211 at any time to find the resources you need. Now, I would like to welcome Minister Ellis to share a few opening remarks. Minister, please go ahead. Well, thank you very much, Sarah, and good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you all for, for joining us at this uh, telephone town hall. I'd also like to thank all the department staff who have made themselves available to answer uh, all these questions for the uh, Albertans who are joining us on this call tonight. Uh, tonight, we are joined uh, by representatives from uh, across uh, the Alberta government, uh, along with officials from the RCMP and uh, other agencies, as Sarah had mentioned. Uh, we'll uh, give you the latest details about the wildfires and take as many of your questions as possible. Uh, the wildfire situation across Alberta does remain extremely volatile at this time. We are working very hard in the affected communities to make sure uh, vital personnel, uh, resources and equipment are getting to where they are needed most. Sadly, the hot, dry, and windy weather conditions uh, we've experienced uh, continue to persist and the fire risk uh, does remain high. That's why it is critically important for uh, all of us to hold the restrictions uh, and fire bans uh, put in place to help prevent any further wildfires. Uh, regarding evacuations, uh, a reminder that uh, everyone uh, who has uh, had to evacuate should register with their local municipality or with the Alberta government online. That gives local officials the uh, best opportunity to provide assistance and uh, connect uh, with the resources that you need. Now, I know everyone uh, who has evacuated is eager to get home and it wants to know when it will be safe to do so. Uh, the reentry uh, processes are at the discretion of each local municipality and are based on their assessments of the fire risk. They are in the best position to make this call and they have the authority to decide uh, whether anyone will be allowed entry into the evacuation zone. So please, uh, please check with your local municipality before reentering and any previously evacuated area. Now, while you wait for news, you can be rest assured that the RCMP are patrolling and monitoring the evacuated areas, uh, keeping an eye on properties and minimizing any criminal activity. Uh, I personally have spoken with um, Deputy Commissioner Zablocki. I've also spoken to uh, Minister Bill Blair, uh, uh, my 
federal counterpart to ensure that we have that the RCMP absolutely have the resources necessary to patrol and maintain public security in the evacuated areas. Uh, the Alberta RCMP website has uh, details on how to sign up for alerts in in or near your community and tips on uh, protecting your property. So please uh, be sure to check it out. Uh, simply just Google uh, RCMP Alberta for uh, information on how to sign up for alerts. That's RCMP Alberta. Finally, I just want to recognize the extreme challenges that are facing everyone joining us on this call tonight. Uh, few who haven't, uh, the few who have not been uh, through it themselves uh, certainly understand uh, how difficult and traumatic it is to, to leave home in a rush and uh, to stay away uh, for days on end. I think uh, many listening now can attest that it, it only gets worse as the days go on. And we do recognize the stress uh, this uncertainty uh, is creating for you. Uh, and we sincerely thank you for your continued patience. Everything that we are doing is for your safety and the safety of others, including first responders. Uh, we're doing everything that we can to uh, fight these fires and provide as much comfort and security as possible under uh, the circumstances. So please stay in touch with your local governments uh, for updates and to listen only to trusted and verified sources uh, of information. And stay in touch with each other uh, stay connected to friends, uh, family, colleagues by setting up a, a group chat through your preferred social media channel to share information or just to catch up and, and check, any, check in on each other. The comfort found in, in the kind words of loved ones are so important uh, during times like this. So don't forget to continue to reach out and connect with one another. So in conclusion, I just want to thank everyone uh, once again for calling in this evening and uh, for your continued strength and perseverance. And uh, at this time, I'm going to pass the floor back to Sarah, and we'll get to answering some of these questions. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, Minister Ellis. And if you would like to join the conversation by asking a question, you can do so right now or anytime during this call by pressing star three. And for anyone who is just joining us, my name is Sarah Morant with the Government of Alberta. And I'm joined tonight with Minister of Public Safety and Emergency Services, Mike Ellis, Colin Blair, Executive Director with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, Christy Tucker from Alberta Wildfire, Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Commanding Officer of Alberta, Deputy Commissioner Curtis Zablocki with the RCMP, and Shane Hussey from Alberta Health Services. In addition, I am supported tonight with colleagues from many departments across the government of Alberta, including health, municipal affairs, indigenous relations, seniors, community and social services, education, agriculture and irrigation, environment and protected areas, mental health and addiction, and jobs, economy and northern development. Tonight, we are talking about the changing wildfire situation with the communities who've been affected by evacuation orders. And if you have a question right now or anytime, you can press star three to join our conversation. Now, let's get to our first question of the evening. This question was submitted by Rick online. And Rick asks, what is the status of the wildfire in Valley View? I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Good evening, Rick. Uh, the wildfire near Valley View is a, a complex of wildfires that's called the Sturgeon Lake Complex, and it's made of two wildfires. And the reason we organize wildfires into a complex is that it allows us to fight them more efficiently with one team uh, working on more than one wildfire in the same area, so have better use of resources. At the moment, the uh, wildfire there is still out of control and, and we have seen uh, active uh, wildfire behavior on that fire today. We have a Quebec team in, uh, in place uh, in incident command there overseeing management of that fire. The fire was particularly active on the northeast flank and uh, visibility was limited today, which can be a challenge to firefighters. Uh, I understand that the two fires that make up this complex are 
uh, close to merging, uh, which should not have a significant uh, effect on how we fight it because we are fighting it with one team as one fire. Uh, we did have air tankers working on that fire today. So continued working, but yes, because of conditions, we did see uh, more activity on that fire today. Thanks, Christy. The next question is from Grace in Drayton Valley. And Grace asks, clients that live in a licensed group home that are funded by PDD and collect H, are they eligible to apply for the emergency funding? So I'll ask my colleague Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Grace. Great question. If you're a resident of Drayton Valley and you were evacuated, you are entitled to receive the emergency evacuation payment. You can apply for those payments even if you're living in a licensed group home and in receipt of any of our uh, financial benefits programs. That includes the assured income for the severely handicapped or our income support program. If you have any trouble or need any assistance, Grace, you can call our 310-4455 or I'm pleased to let you know that uh, we have the Alberta Support Center open in Red Deer, Rocky Mountain House, and in Wetaskiwin, pretty close proximity, that are open extended hours from 8.15 a.m. to 8 p.m. to help you out and on Saturday and Sunday from 9 to 3. Take care, Grace. Thanks, Maggie. And for anyone who's just joined in the last few moments, if you would like to join the conversation and ask a question, you can do so by pressing star three right now or anytime during the call. The next question came from Dorothy in Little Smoky, and Dorothy asks, what is happening with emergency payments? I haven't gotten anything yet. I'll have Brad Geddes with Seniors Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Hi, Dorothy. Thank you very much for your question. So Little Smoky uh, would be listed on the website under the MD of Greenview as if it's a hamlet within the MD of Greenview. Um, if you're having troubles after calling 310-4455, I would encourage you to visit our one of the 16 Alberta Supports offices um, or uh, visit one of the reception centers. Um, again, uh, the hamlet is, uh, appears to be listed under the MD of Greenview who issued the evacuation order. Uh, so please call 310-4455 and ask to speak one to, a, to a one of our friendly staff who can help you. Thanks for the question. Thanks, Brad. I'm going to go back to you for another question that was just submitted from Chris in Drayton Valley. Chris says, the place I was renting burned down. My landlord wasn't giving me receipts and I paid cash. Does this mean I'm unable to collect emergency funding? All my personal items have been lost and I have no mail or ID. So I'll ask Brad Geddes with Seniors Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Thanks, Chris. I uh, appreciate uh, that you're in a tough situation. Um, I would encourage you to be creative in terms of the uh, types of receipts you may have. Uh, say you had a mobile phone and you listed the address there or uh, pharmacy prescription, um, or if you have a family member that lives in the same town as you, and uh, you can demonstrate that you, were regu you regularly were there. Um, another option is maybe talking to your employer and seeing if you can get a copy of your uh, payment stub, which would have listed your home address. So uh, those are different ideas. Uh, again, um, for your identification, I would encourage you, uh, since it's been lost, to go to a registry office uh, they can help to replace uh, your documentation, and that may make it even faster uh, for you to uh, get registered. Um, thank you for your call, Chris. I wish you all the best. Um, if there's if, if any of those don't work, I would encourage you to reach out to 211. Uh, they do have a list of government services and not-for-profit services uh, that would be available to help you. Thank you. Thanks, Brad. And if you would like to ask a question at any time during the call, a reminder, you can just do so by pressing star three on your phone. And if you're listening online, you can enter it into the chat. The next question was submitted from Sandy in Wildwood. And Sandy asks, how close is the fire north of Wildwood? 
I'll have Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sandy. Uh, that's actually another complex of wildfires. We have three wildfires called the Deep Creek Complex uh, near Wildwood. Two of those uh, have not grown or moved. Uh, there was more activity on the third fire, uh, EWF 035. It's nearly uh, 6,000 hectares and still classified as out of control. Uh, there is an American incident management team working on that fire and uh, they have seen a small amount of movement on that one fire. Um, today, but, but not a significant amount. It did, uh, the, the fire near Shining Bank Lake did grow a little bit further south, but uh, we did do ignition operations along the Pembina River on that fire. And what we do um, for ignition is we will do a very small controlled area burn in order to consume the fuel that would be used by that fire to bring it closer to the community. So it's a way of removing fuel from the community and uh, directing it, uh, the fire in a more safe direction. And we use things like uh, rivers and, and lakes nearby as a natural fire, fire break in order to help uh, to, to do part of that ignition. I will say there was an issue on the fire today where someone was using a drone uh, which can interfere with firefighting as it inhibits our ability to um, to take off and fly when people are in the air with their drones. So just a reminder that if people are, uh, so obviously a lot of curiosity around these fires, but uh, any drones that are flying in our airspace can interfere with firefighting operations. So a reminder to people to please not fly uh, near a wildfire. Thanks, Christy. The next question is from Debbie and it was submitted online. Debbie says, I have my teenage daughter with me at the evacuation center. I'm wondering if there's any resources available for mental health, specifically for youth. I'll have Tara White with mental health and addiction. Please go ahead. Hi, Debbie. Thank you very much for the question and certainly want to acknowledge how stressful the situation must be for yourself as well as your daughter. There are various supports that are available. Many evacuation centers have on-site supports available to talk to both yourself and your daughter. If you're looking for additional supports or alternative supports, there are a number of options. Um, one of the things is to call 211 or you can text INFO to 211 to access both digital support as well as to learn about local services where you are. Your daughter herself can call directly to the kids' help phone for mental health support. Um, they're available 24-7. The number is 1-800-668-6868. I'll say that again, one 800 6868. You can also text the word connect, C O N N E C T, to 686868. There's also virtual supports available, so virtual counseling supports through Counseling Alberta. Um, so you can contact them at 1 833. 827-4230. Again, 1-833-827-4230. That's a lot of numbers. You can call 211 and they can connect you to all of these resources as well. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tara. And for anyone who's just joining and wants to join our conversation tonight, you can do so by pressing star three right now or anytime, and your question will be entered into the queue. The next question is from Susan in Drayton Valley. And Susan says, are we able to go back home to Drayton Valley yet? So I'll have Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Hi, Susan. Thank you very much for your question. Uh, yes. There is uh, the, the town of Drayton Valley has uh, lifted the evacuation order for the town and for parts of Brazu County. 
that was as of today at 2 p.m. They are allowing people to return home at 2 p.m. today with even number addresses and at 4 p.m. with odd number addresses. So at this point in time, for the residents of the town, uh, everybody can return back. For residents of the Resu County, the Buck Creek fire is still impacting properties in, in some areas. So if you are in the county, I would recommend that you go to the Drayton Valley website and have a look at the uh, Buck Creek wildfire information. The town has also done an, a very good job uh, putting out a community re-entry re information package so I recommend for anybody in Drayton Valley, if you haven't returned yet or haven't had an opportunity, go have a look at the DraytonValley.ca site and, and look at the information that they provided. Thanks, Colin. The next question is from Tracy in Brazo County. And Tracy says, how do I make a home insurance claim? Um, what if I end up with uninsurable losses and damages because of the fire? So I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please go ahead. Tracy, thank you very much for the question. Hopefully you're able to get back home. And if you do get home and you realize that there's some damage, remember that standard home and tenant insurance policies cover damage caused by fire. Insurance policies also cover any additional living expenses that you may have had when you were evacuated. Things like additional food costs or hotel costs are commonly included in your insurance claim. As well, if your particular property lost power, any food spoilage that resulted from that power outage would be covered under your insurance claim as well. So the first step is to review your insurance documents. If you know who your insurance representative is, I encourage you to contact them right away. They'll be able to set up a claim, assign an adjuster, and get the process started. If you can't remember who your insurance company is and you can't find any documents, you may want to look at your banking history to find out which companies you may have provide a monthly or an annual payment to. And that'll help provide you with information as to who the company is. And insurance companies' information is readily available online. Now that's for your insured damages. For your uninsured damages, we've heard from many people already talking about the various resources and supports that are available. The main government website at alberta.ca slash emergency has information on resources and supports to help you with your specific situation. Thank you for the question, Tracy. Thanks so much, Rob. The next question was submitted by um, Jody and Edson, and I'd like to also acknowledge that Tracy and Edson asked a very similar question. So the question is, with the amount of smoke in town, how close are the fires? I'll ask Christy Tucker with Alberta Wildfire to please go ahead. Good evening, Jody and Tracy. Um, the fires near Edson are known as the Pembina Complex, and we haven't seen a lot of activity on those fires today. Uh, they are maintain about se uh, 14 kilometers uh, south of town, and all fires in the Edson area had little fire intensity uh, observed today. Uh, a lot of people may have seen smoke. We did have some weather inversions, which traps smoke close to the ground so it can travel long distances. So there was smoke all over the province today. It doesn't necessarily mean there was more activity on the wildfires near you. Um, inversions can trap that smoke, uh, which can also affect firefighting operations if visibility is affected. But generally, fires in the Edson area saw low intensity uh, today. Thanks very much, Christy. And just a reminder for everyone listening, if you would like to join the conversation, you can do so by pressing star three to ask a question right now or at any time. The next question is from Kathy in Yellowhead County. And Kathy says, 
I applied for evacuee benefits on May 11th, 11th, and I haven't received anything yet. Why is that? I'll ask my colleague Brad Geddes with Seniors Community and Social Services to please respond. Thank you very much for your question. Uh, that would be uh, an extraordinary long time uh, for the benefit. I would encourage you to either call us at 310-4455 or please visit one of the Alberta Supports Offices and we'd be pleased to look it up. I think uh, it's also important uh, to note that the payments begin seven days after evacuation. So for those persons who are just recently evacuated, there is a period of time uh, before the evacuation payment is paid out. So that's also something to track at alberta.ca slash emergency. In the meantime, if you're having trouble with financial need um, because of the, the lack of evacuation payment uh, and you need somewhere to stay or food or transportation, um, please either reach out to a reception center or call us at 310-4455 and let them know that you, need, you need, do need some emergency benefit support. Thank you for the question. I'm sure it'll help others as well. Thanks for that, Brad. The next question was submitted through the online form from Rebecca in Edmonton. And Rebecca says, there's a lot of smoke in the air today. How do we know if it is safe to breathe outdoors? So I'll have my colleague Stacy Smythe from Environment and Protected Areas, please go ahead. Thank you so much for the question. Uh, we are seeing considerable amount of smoke in the air across the entire province today. Please know that we're monitoring it closely. We have over 200 air quality monitoring stations across the province collecting air data. And we report that air, those air quality conditions every hour, 24 hours a day. Uh, the information we collect through data is translated into an air quality health index, which rates air quality from one to a 10 plus with a higher number indicating worse air quality. Uh, if you'd like to see the current air quality information in your community and a forecast for that over the next two days, you can go to our website at airquality.alberta.ca. Uh, what you'll probably notice is smoke from wildfires can occur in very localized areas. It also can change rapidly and may not always be detected by the air quality stations. So it's important that when you are in an area with high smoke, you take actions to protect your health based on your surroundings and your symptoms. Uh, and I'm gonna ask if my colleague, Celine from Alberta Health can step in and, and give you some information on how to help manage those health risks. Thank you so much. So the greatest health risks come from small particles in the smoke that can get into your eyes, breathing system and bloodstream. This can cause burning eyes, running nose, coughing, and trouble breathing. People the most at risk are those with heart or lung disease, older adults, pregnant women, children, and those that are working outdoors or playing sports. You can lower your health risk by shutting windows, staying indoors, closing fresh air intakes, using a humidifier, using air purifier, purifiers in rooms if possible, and limiting air fresheners or candles and not smoking or vaping indoors. Extra caution should be taken when there's a combination of smoke and hot weather. Consider visiting a community center, shopping mall, library, or store where there's air conditioning. Heat can be more hazardous to your health, so take care of yourself and check in on your neighbors and loved ones. For more health information, please call Health link at 811. Thanks, Celine. The next question is submitted from Roderick in Drayton Valley. And Roderick says, I am a foreign worker in Drayton Valley. Am I eligible for the evacuation payment? I don't have an Alberta ID proving residence. How do I get the payment if I am eligible? So I'll have Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services please go ahead. Thank you for your question, Roderick. You are a resident of Drayton Valley. I believe I heard in the question, you would be eligible for the evacuation payment. You have two options to apply. You can go online to alberta.ca slash emergency to apply for benefits. Or if you are stuck without your identification, you can attend one of our Alberta supports locations. 
Next to Drayton Valley, your closest options are either Rocky Mountain House uh, with Tasquin or our Red Deer office. You can go into the offices and we have uh, some supports that we can assist you in completing that application and get some verification of your identification. Um, hope that helps you, Roderick, and good luck. Thanks, Maggie. The next question here is submitted from Denise in Drayton Valley. And Denise says, I have a family member on AISH who's currently in hospital. I am his guardian and trustee. He lives with us in Drayton Valley. Is he eligible for the emergency payment? So I'm gonna go back to Maggie Carroll again with Seniors, Community and Social Services for Denise's question. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Sarah. And thank you, Denise. It sounds like this situation is a little complex. So I don't wanna give you the wrong information. My strongest advice is that you reach out either to the disability services worker or the ACE worker for the best options that meet your circumstances. Uh, you can contact 310-4455, ask to speak with your ACE worker or a PDD worker disability services, and we'll make sure we get you the right information based on your circumstances. The important pieces to note is that eligibility is determined on the residence to which you were living at the time of the evacuation and the community's eligibility. Drayton Valley is obviously um, an eligible community for the benefits, so we want to make sure that we get you to your entitlement. So please go ahead, call that number, and we'll make sure that we get you the right info. Thanks, Maggie. The next question is submitted from Barry in Drayton Valley, and I'm going to have Shane Hussey with Alberta Health Services respond. Barry's question says, now that we are going back to Drayton, what have you done or what will you do to ensure the hospitals are safe and ready to serve our community? Thanks very much. I'll go to you, Shane. Thank you, uh, and thanks, Barry, for the question. Um, the care and safety of our patients, residents, and staff remains our top priority at AHS. As you can imagine, evacuating a healthcare facility is a complex process, and it's very important that we carefully consider the impact of these moves on our staff, patients, and residents. With that in mind, we wouldn't be returning those groups uh, to provide service if the community wasn't safe. We make those decisions um, through constant contact with provincial and municipal leaders as well as our community partners, um, so that we are ready to return our patients, residents, and staff, and all of our services to facilities as communities reopen. We're also prepared to respond in the event that another evacuation is required. Maybe I'll speak a, speak a bit more about the process of reopening a facility to give you some of the background. Um, first, we begin with uh, lining up staff that are able to enter our facility and, and re-enter the community. When we can do that, our AHS facilities maintenance and engineering teams work hard to prepare evacuated facilities for re-entry. They have to do lots of work uh, around testing and inspection of clinical equipment and our facility systems. All of this needs to be done before facilities are ready to safely reopen to our staff, patients, and long-term care residents. Once we've determined that the facility itself is safe, um, then we will work on reopening our emergency department services to ensure that the community has access to urgent care. Following the emergency services, we'll reopen each service as we were able to. We do have to make sure that we have appropriate staffing to be able though, to open those additional services, and again, all of those units are inspected and um, reopened uh, prior to bringing staff into those units. But I just want to assure you that um, we do take a, a lot of precautions in the decision-making process to reopen a facility, and we want to make sure that it's safe for everyone involved um, before we do something like that. And a bit of an update on the Drayton Valley facility, since um, that's where you're asking about this. Um, we anticipate that our emergency department in Drayton Valley will be set to reopen at 7.30 a.m. Uh, tomorrow, May 17th. And then other services, including laboratory collections, diagnostic imaging, dialysis, and public health appointments will follow in the coming days. Um, we're also planning um, to support the return of our patients and continuing care residents 
who have been evacuated from the Drayton Valley sites. Thank you. Thanks so much, Shane. Appreciate that response. And for anyone who hasn't had a chance or has just tuned in, um, you can press star three right now or anytime to join our conversation. And for those listening online, you can submit a question in the question box at any time. The next question was submitted online from Nick in Hinton. And Nick says, I have a heavy equipment company and gear I could get to use. Um, is there someone I can contact to offer up this equipment and services? I'll have Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Hello, Nick. Thank you very much for the question and uh, thanks for letting us know what you're able to provide. We have put out on our alberta.ca slash emergency site uh, an email address for offers of goods and services for donation or support to the response to the wildfires. So you can go there, but I'll tell you what the address is. It's emergency support offers, that's all one word, at gov.ab.ca. You can send in your offer uh, to that address. You'll get a response fairly quickly. What will happen from there is uh, they will be holding that with the uh, Provincial Emergency Coordination Center. And if there is a, a requirement, a need, then uh, you will be contacted. Uh, just to make it clear, we uh, we are working very closely with all of the local authorities that uh, are are fighting the fires and doing the work that they need, need to do to get people back. So we will look to see when they need those resources and they will pull them. So you may not get a call immediately, uh, but go ahead to that email address again and uh, submit your offer. Thank you. Thanks for that, Colin. And Anne from Little Smokey has asked the next question which says i've heard people talking about something called fire guards what are they exactly and how do they help us i'll ask christy tucker with alberta wildfire to please go ahead thank you ann uh yes fire guards are one of the tools that we use to to fight fire uh, we use heavy equipment to remove uh, trees and surface fuels, dry grasses and, and logs and vegetation uh, along the perimeter of a fire in order to try and limit the spread and the direction of the fire. It removes what the fire would use as fuel, as I said, that would draw it closer to a community or a value that we're trying to protect. Uh, they're used to reinforce natural ba um, barriers uh, to allow us to indirectly attack the fire. Uh, we use them to protect uh, infrastructure, um, critical infrastructure and communities as much as possible. Uh, and we use them uh, most effectively in coordination with some other tactics, such as one I mentioned earlier is, is burnout operations, when we will proactively uh, burn a small controlled area. Uh, to remove, again, remove the fuels between the fire and the value that we're protecting. Uh, in our uh, colleagues in, in structural protection will also use sprinkler systems often in coordination with the fire guard, just as multiple layers of protection uh, between a wildfire and a community. Uh, they are an important tool for firefighting, uh, but certainly when you have a large and very active uh, wildfire, they can cross a fire guard. So they're certainly not foolproof, but they are a very effective tool in our toolbox. Thanks, Christy. Our next question was submitted from Rick in Evansburg. And Rick says, I want to thank everybody who puts on these town halls. They are great. Is there a site or a way that you can give out information um, for someone who doesn't have internet access, sorry, Rick. So if the, if there's a site or a different way to give out information for those who don't have internet access, I'll ask Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. Hi, Rick. Thank you very much for that question. You know, it's a, it's interesting times we're in now where everybody seems to be connected to the internet, and uh, and I know we do have people who are not. Uh, so my advice to those people are to connect with neighbors, uh, connect with the community, get the phone numbers for the community to contact. There is also news. 
whether it's TV or radio, to monitor. Uh, but likely the best is to to be in touch with your your neighbors within your community to provide you with some advice. And when all else fails, in in this case, if you need to, you can contact 310-4455. Thanks, Colin. And the next question was submitted online from Lorraine and Devin. And Lorraine says, if I do have wildfire damage to my home, who gets to choose the contractor who get, who will complete the uh, the work that needs to be done? I'll have Rob Dupree from the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please go ahead. Thank you for the question, Lorraine. If you go home and you realize that you do have some fire damage, I want to reassure you that you can use the service provider of your choice to complete the necessary repairs. We do want to remind everyone that fire and smoke remediation is a specialty. You need special training, tools, equipment, and other materials in order to do the job properly. So not every contractor would have the right experience, background, or equipment in order to complete those repairs. Now, having said that, many insurance companies have established relationships with fire and smoke remediation contractors, and they can vouch for their reliability and their quality of work. Many insurance companies also guarantee the work of the service providers that they're recommending but you're not obligated to use one of those contractors that your company recommends. So make sure that you do your research, you talk to your claims adjuster to understand the options that are available to you to make sure that the repairs are done properly with good quality and that you're not gonna have any residual issues after the repair work is done. I wanna take this opportunity to remind people that you want to use properly qualified and experienced contractors to do the work. We know during these events, you may hear from some people giving you deals that seem too good to be true. They likely are. So make sure that you do background checks, you do references, and you look at information that other people are providing to you, like your claims adjuster, to make sure that you're using a quality, experienced contractor to get the repairs done properly. Thanks, Lorraine. Thanks, Rob. And just a reminder again, with about 15 minutes left to go, if you would like to join the conversation and ask a question to any one of our speakers, you can do so by pressing star three, and we will try to get through the rest of these important questions. This question is submitted from Wendy in Drayton Valley. And Wendy says, how can I get funds if I don't have online banking or any e-transfer abilities? Um, I'll ask Brad Geddes with Seniors Community and Social Services to please go ahead. Great. Wonderful question, thank you. Um, I appreciate, um, as Colin was sharing, uh, technology doesn't always work for us. Uh, so for uh, those that don't have online banking or aren't comfortable, I would encourage you to visit one of the 16 Alberta support contact centers that are located throughout Northern Alberta. Um, also, you can go to one of the reception centers, either in Edmonton or in Calgary. And uh, at those uh, sites, we have wonderful staff that would be willing to, uh, quite willing to help you walk through the process and be able to provide you with a debit card uh, where your funds can be put on. You can use that debit card towards uh, different expenses you'll have as an evacuee. Um, also, uh, if there's other needs that you have that are covered by your fees, I would encourage you to ask at a reception center um, if there's other resources you need, uh, or please call 310-4455 uh, and ask for emergency benefits, and we'll do all we can to help you. Thanks for the question. I hope things work out for you. Thanks, Brad. The next question um, that we have is from Lorraine, and she's in Yellowhead County. And she says, Yellowhead County and area are on evacuation watch. How long should I plan supplies for to take care of myself and my family if we do have to leave? 
I'll ask Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency to please go ahead. Hi, Lorraine. Thank you very much for the question. We are asking everyone who is on an evacuation notice to prepare an emergency kit that should have at least a week or more of essential items such as medication, identification documents, a first aid kit, flashlights, batteries, non-perishable food, water, clothing, cash, and important personal documents. If you would like to have a look at additional information, you can look at our website, www.alberta.ca, prepare to evacuate. You can find that also under the uh, alberta.ca slash emergency. But we recommend that you have this prepared, you have the kit easily accessible, and that you create a packing list to help you act quickly in stressful situations. Thank you. Thank you so much, Colin. The next question is submitted through the online form from Rose. And Rose says, I have a daughter who is over 18. She's 22. Does she apply separately for her portion of an, a benefit or are they considered part of my family in this situation? I'll have Maggie Carroll with Seniors Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for the question, Rose. It's, um, my answer is going to be twofold for you. If your child is 22 years old, they're considered an adult and can apply for the evacuation benefits independent from the parents. So he or she may be able to go online and go through the alberta.ca slash emergency, go through to the information and make the application once you've completed a verified identification. If that is not an option for you, you can also go to your nearest Alberta Supports Center. Uh, I believe you said you're in Drayton Valley. Sorry if I'm wrong with that, but um, if that is correct, you're Rocky Mountain House, Red Deer, and Wetaskiwin. The staff will be more than willing to be able to help you to complete that application or your daughter. Now, in the circumstance, Rose, where your child might be a dependent of you and you're the guardian, you can complete an application and add your dependent to that application. However, it sounds like you've already completed the application. So yes, complete uh, an application at the Alberta Support Centers near you, or you can go online and complete the application there. Hopefully this touches your circumstances, Rose, and thank you for the question. Thanks, Maggie. The next question comes from Amanda, submitted online, and Amanda says, our insurance company is telling me that we need to choose between the emergency payment and the insurance to cover any expenses we might have. Um, why is it that we can't use both the insurance and the eMERGE money while we're evacuated? I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please go ahead. Amanda, I want to reassure you that yes, you can claim both payments. The one time evacuation funding provided by the government will not impact your insurance coverage limits or your insurance claim. These payments are separate and any financial assistance that's being provided from the government should not be deducted from any payment from your insurance policy. We have developed a frequently asked questions document on our website. So you can find that information at ibc.ca. And there's information about wildfires, a variety of different situations, including the frequently asked question. But I wanna reassure everyone, the one-time government evacuation payment is completely separate from your insurance claim. You can claim both. They are separate payments, and you can claim for both of them if you qualify for the one-time funding. Thanks for your question, Amanda. Thanks, Rob. The next question comes in, and it was submitted online by Jake. I'm not sure the community, but Jake says, how will we know if our property is damaged if we can't even go back into the community to look? I'll have Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Hi, Jake, thank you for your question. So the, the communities who have had to evacuate have uh, been under control of, uh, of the local authorities, whether through their emergency operations center or incident command post. 
as they start to get the situation under control and uh, the localized hazard has been suppressed, they can start to turn their attention to re-entry. As part of the re-entry, they are going to do a damage assessment and have a look at what's been damaged and or destroyed. And the intent is, is that the local authority will get in touch with residents and business owners to advise them of damaged or destroyed homes and businesses prior to re-entry. So as your community starts to move in that direction, uh, you'll start to hear some information about that. And uh, I don't want to make an assumption if you haven't heard anything, uh, it's probably good news. So keep, keep uh, your ears open to when your community starts to move towards re-entry. Thanks, Colin. The next question comes in from Rachel in Swan Hills. And I will have Deputy Commissioner Curtis Zablocki with the RCMP respond to Rachel's question. She asks, I'm really worried about someone breaking in at my house while I'm evacuated. Can I go back and check on it? Um, I'll ask uh, Curtis Zablocki to please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you for that question, Rachel. So uh, yes, I can understand uh, your, your concern and certainly in these types of circumstances. And, and really, um, if you have um, something to support um, the, the request to go back and to check, check your house, I, I'm quite certain that our, our folks and the local authorities on the perimeter and the security areas uh, would do their best to accommodate you in that, uh, in that circumstance. One thing that we're finding that we are seeing uh, in some of the evacuated areas are folks that have uh, door cams and surveillance camera systems at their properties. Uh, they are monitoring uh, from afar from their uh, evacuated areas. And when they do see something suspicious or persons uh, approaching their residences and so on and so forth, uh, they're contacting us and we're able to respond uh, very quickly in those circumstances. In fact, uh, we've re we have uh, responded and, and arrested folks uh, for being uh, unlawfully uh, in other person's yards and, uh, and um, attempting to perpetrate some thefts as well too. So um, yeah, certainly understand the concern, Rachel. Um, again, if you have a little bit of other information to support uh, that check, uh, please approach uh, our folks and the authorities uh, in, the, in the perimeter areas. Thank you. Thanks so much, Deputy Commissioner. And I'll have Rob Dupree with the Insurance Bureau of Canada. Please, um, do you have anything more you could add on that one? Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Sarah. Rachel, I want you to rest assured that even while you're evacuated, that your home or tenant insurance policy remains in full force and effect, even while you're temporarily away. If your insurance policy is coming up for renewal, Renewals take place as the usual course of business, even if you're in a wildfire-threatened area and under the mandatory evacuation order. Once you're able to safely return and the evacuation order is lifted, if you do discover that there is some damage to your home, then remember, home and tenant insurance policies commonly cover damage from a variety of different events, wildfire, vandalism, theft. So rest assured that your insurance company will be able to assist you if you return home and find that there is damage to your property. Thanks, Rob. The next question was submitted from Cecile online. And Cecile says, I have, a, I have family members who are currently under evacuation alert, and one of them is a senior with a disability. Where can I get resources to share with them in case they do get evacuated? I'll have my colleague Brad Geddes with Seniors, Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Great. Thank you, Sarah. Um, I think it's uh, important to share that uh, uh, for uh, seniors with a disability, um, that there are a number of resources available to them at reception centers. Um, there's consideration provided as to will be appropriate uh, accommodations uh, in order to uh, support their uh, their needs. Um, as well, uh, we do work very closely with Alberta Health Services to make sure there's appropriate uh, medical care or continuing care. 
Um, the second thing I'd like to share is that uh, if they're uh, transferring from one continuing care facility to another, they would be eligible for the evacuation payment. And the third piece that I'd like to share is that uh, if they need prescriptions and, and other things, they can call 811 uh, when they're evacuated. So those are some of the things uh, afterwards. Um, the other piece I would share is that there's a very good list of uh, items to prepare uh, before you leave your residence. So uh, if you go to alberta.ca slash emergency, um, there's a list there of things to start considering to pack. So uh, in addition to, of course, uh, clothing and medications for seven days, um, uh, even, uh, even us older adults uh, appreciate having comfort items. So if you have mementos or other uh, things that, you would, that would hurt your heart to lose, uh, you may want to start considering to pack those. Um, Maggie, would you mind sharing uh, for uh, seniors with disabilities or older adults with disabilities, is there anything else uh, that our H or uh, PDD programs may be able to support? Thanks, Brad. And uh, thank you for the question and being so caring for your family members. It's quite admirable. In these circumstances, I would strongly suggest that you contact our dear colleagues with Seniors Community and Social Services in our Seniors Division. Those folks will have access to services, including information, emergency benefits, and will be able to assess the needs of your loved one. You can call 310-4455 and ask for seniors, and it is the Seniors Division of Seniors Community and Social Services, and we'll be happy to answer any questions and help you be prepared if you are evacuated. Thank you for the question. Thanks, Maggie. It looks like we have another question that was submitted here from Bob in Entwistle. And Bob asks, why are the evacuees being treated differently across the region? So I'll have my colleagues Colin Blair with the Alberta Emergency Management Agency. Please go ahead. Hi, Bob. Thank you very much for that question. I, I think the intent is to try to treat everybody with dignity and respect. We do uh, work very closely with all of the communities that are impacted, uh, whether it's with the emergency responders or with the, with the social services uh, across the province that uh, are setting up reception centers to receive people. Um, many people uh, are, when they move out, uh, we're looking at about 50% that are registering at reception centers uh, but probably about 75% of them are going to family and friends. So we do try to do our best to uh, to treat everybody with dignity and respect in these very stressful times. Um, and uh, I, I hope we can continue to improve. Thanks, Colin. And it looks like I do have time for one final question submitted from Candace in Drayton Valley. And Candace says, I received the evacuation payment, but do I have to pay it back? And does it have to be applied to my tax return next year? I'll have Brad Geddes with Seniors, Community and Social Services. Please go ahead. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, I appreciate the, the forward thinking of that question. Um, we have uh, talked with our colleagues, uh, both in the federal and provincial tax systems, uh, no, uh, the evacuation benefit is would not be included as income um, as a taxable uh, item. So that means that you would not have to pay it or it would not be deducted off of any tax return uh, next year. I'm also pleased to share um, that it would not count against uh, a senior financial payment, workers' compensation board, employment insurance, H or PDD uh, payments. Um, if for some reason you receive other advice, please call us at 310-4455 and we'll do our best to look into it. Um, so thank you very much for the question. Um, I wish you all the best with uh, uh, as, as you go forward. Thanks, Brad. And thank you to everyone for joining this town hall this evening and spending the last hour asking your questions and seeking information that you need. If your question was not answered tonight, we do encourage you to participate again tomorrow evening from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m., where we will try to answer as many questions as possible. 
In the meantime, if you're searching for information for um, information about the wildfires or the evacuation supports available, you can visit alberta.ca slash emergency or call 310-4455. I would like to thank Minister Ellis for hosting this town hall, as well as my colleagues from many government of Alberta departments and other partner agencies, including Alberta Wildfire, the Alberta Emergency Management Agency, the Insurance Bureau of Canada, Alberta Health Services, and the RCMP. Thank you, everyone, for taking your time to join us. Stay safe and good night.